Hey guys, welcome to the Endowed Show. Andrew here. I hope you're doing well. So we have a great show for you today. We hope you've been enjoying our series on spiritual things. Last week we talked about manifesting. The week before that we talked about Enneagram. Today we talk about New Age. We have Marsha Montenegro all the way from North Virginia. Now she has been in the New Age movement for 20 years, eight years as a professional registered astrologer. So she was deeply involved with New Age movement. She's going to share a little bit about her story, her testimony, how God freed her, saved her, and uh, what she's doing. She's just trying to make uh, the message known to people that this is a dangerous thing to dabble with. And so I'm excited to talk to her about all things. She's going to compare astrology, Enneagram, horoscopes, all that, see the similarities, the differences. Uh, It's going to be a fantastic time. Uh, But before we dive into that, I want to just bring to your attention, we have something we've been working behind the scenes, uh, very... um, passionate about this. It's called In Doubt Insiders. Now, you can become a monthly partner. You can financially give, commit to whatever it is. We would really, really appreciate your financial support to keep us going, to keep spreading truth and uh, bringing light to some of the dark things that are happening in our culture. Uh, But you can become a monthly partner with us. You get 20% off our store. You get a scripture calendar. You get uh, exclusive emails and access to things that uh, we don't have on YouTube, some extra content, extra video footage, bloopers, behind the scenes. Uh, Some of our interviews will go a little bit longer, so you might see some of those that are just exclusive to InDoubt Insiders. And so we encourage you, go to indoubt.ca slash MP, which is monthly partner, and we would really appreciate your support. Enjoy today's episode. God bless. What do you guys think? Was that good? What? What's going on? The lights are going on. The lights are going on again. Brendan? Brendan? Chris? Where is it? Donnie? All right, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We are here Woo! again. Happy Monday. We are here again. Hey, uh, we uh, we hope you had a great weekend. And today's Monday. So if we're uh, joining you on your Monday commute, we're glad to uh, sit shotgun and uh, enjoy the ride. <laughs> but uh, if you're watching on YouTube as well, obviously, like, subscribe, do all those things. Really helps with the algorithms. Really appreciate it. But uh, welcome to the In Doubt Show. We have a great show for us today. We are continuing our series on spiritual things. And uh, we're talking about uh, <laughs> we're talking about a lot of stuff today. Um, Never doing that again. Yeah, our today, soundbite budget. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we yeah, are we, the soundbite. We, we ran out of a soundbite budget, so uh, if you can also help financially support our ministry, we wouldn't do these things. We would actually have buttons that we could press, and it could be legit. Maybe for season two, eh? Every but, button costs ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, please contribute financially. We'd like kidding. to get a little keyboard, and we can, you know, Chris can yeah, have fun yeah. with it in the audio section there. But um, uh, so we're going to talk about. Uh, we have Marsha Montenegro with us today, and she uh, has a crazy testimony. She's been in the New Age for twenty years, and eight years of that, she was like a official, like registered astrologer in Atlanta, and. Um, so she's been a part of this whole thing for a long time. And now you're probably thinking, wait, New Age, that's a lot different than Enneagram. 
And I know I say this many times in the interview, before the interview, after the interview, and yeah, last week probably with Chris, but uh, I know we're going to lose some friends. And awesome. we, might, we might be canceled. I think Brennan probably closed that curtain and uh, awesome. said, you know what? I'm done with you, man. But no, don't. It's going to take an hour. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, okay. oh sorry. Okay. <laughs> He's my boss. Okay. So, but, um, you know, there's a lot of similarities between astrology, Enneagram, New Age, all that kind of stuff. And I know that might sound mind-blowing. We talked about it a lot last week with Chris, Dr. Chris Berg. But um, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to hear her story, hear her testimony, hear how God has saved her, delivered her from the the New Age movement and uh, what she's doing now. She's a part of a ministry. I have it written down right here, Christian Answers for the New Age. And um, she's doing fantastic work just bringing to light some of these things. So we'll talk about horoscopes today, astrology, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I feel like um, I want to just dive right in because there's a lot to talk about yep. and uh, we don't want to cut that inter- interview short. So let's, uh, I don't even want to hear about Chris's weekend or Brennan's weekend, to be honest. <laughs> I have the sniffles. I'm not, yeah, he has allergies, allergies right allergies now. He has I don't want allergies. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> He's all plugged up. Chris, you're probably doing great though. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, he's not doing good. No, okay, someone so. just donated. <laughs> but, see, but see, we don't have time to talk about it. We don't so. have to, Dang it. The <laughs> one time Chris admits that he's not doing well. After the interview. After the interview. We okay, talk about we'll it. find out. Let's just dive in. Marsha Montenegro. Let's, uh, let's see what she has to say about all things New Age. All right. Well, we have Marsha Montenegro here all the way from North Virginia, which is uh, very specific. And I know about Virginia. So, uh, well, I don't, but I've been taught behind (laughs) before the red light went on. But um, uh, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me on your program. I'm really... uh looking forward to discussing all these things with you. Absolutely. I'm so excited. I've been counting down these days because I feel like this is such a topic that is just, it's huge. And I feel like a lot of people, oh, do we not have the sign on? Hey, there (laughs) there it is. That's perfect. We're going to leave all that in. We're going to leave all that in because we love being real. So, (laughs) um, so, you know, this topic about uh, horoscopes and astrology and Enneagram and all these different things, uh, is just growing and growing and growing. And it just obviously shows that people are hungry for something. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about the dangers of uh, where they're being fed and what they're feeding themselves and how we need to feed ourselves on the truth and God's word and Jesus and staying close to him. But right. uh, before we dive into all those things, I would love first uh, for our listeners, our viewers to just hear more about who you are, because you have a pretty incredible story of uh, what God has um, you know, saved you from. And so tell us a little bit about your upbringing with new age, astrology, all that stuff, and, and how God interjected and what that looked like in your story. Okay. Um, I will try to do one of the shorter versions because <laughs> uh, I can I can go and I can do a quick two minute thing and I can do like an hour. So I will try to do it much less than that. Uh, <laughs> I was in the new age for about 20 years. Um, I got into it slowly over a period of time. Really, my interest uh, started in high school when I was very interested in, you know, what was called the powers of the mind. Uh, like telepathy and clairvoyance and uh, ESP was a popular term that was being used. Uh, and so people would just say ESP. Uh, and there was a lot going on that, of interest in that area. And what I does was ESP stand for? Extrasensory perception. Okay. Uh, and there was a actually a, I believe he's a psychologist at Duke University who was conducting experiments uh, 
on ESP and like showing, like he would have cards, playing cards, the person couldn't see and he would pick a card and they would have to say what they thought it was, that kind of thing. Mm. And he was doing, you know, he was doing this statistically and seeing how many, if there were people who would do better than chance. And this, this, this is, it was kind of a famous, um, you know, I don't know how many people know about it now, but it was very famous for a while there, the Duke University experiments. And I was very intrigued by it. And I also was interested for whatever reason in astrology, I don't know why, because nobody in my family ever even talked about it. Hmm. So I, I don't know where that came from. Um, and I don't think any of my friends were into it. But I, for some reason, I would read the horoscope column. And I just was intrigued by the idea of the 12 zodiac signs and how everybody, you know, would be one of the 12 signs. And so I, I had that interest. I had interest in other religions uh, other than Christianity. Uh, I had been going to Christian churches. We moved around a lot. So it was a very varied experience. Um, and my father was an agnostic. Hmm. And my mother was um, a nominal Christian, a nominal Southern Baptist, uh, who did make me and my sister go to church. So we did go to church. But the thing is, is even though I went to church and I went to Sunday school, I never got it. I just never really understood it. To me, it was kind of like nice stories or or interesting stories. And, <laughs> you know, that Jesus was this really, really super nice guy. Mm. Um, and I just, you know, I never got it. And so I got very interested in other belief systems. And when I went to college, uh, of course, I was very busy doing my, uh, what I needed to do in college, my college work. <laughs> but I... I, my interest in these areas continued and I had a few friends there who were interested in them and I had some paranormal experiences. Hmm. Uh, I actually had one at age 11 that I think may have triggered my interest. So this all kind of went on without accelerating that much until after I got out of college. And then I had more time. I did more reading, um, during college, uh, on a break, from, from college when I was at my grandmother's house one day, um, I thought that a dead person appeared to me. Hmm. Um, and I, I was awake. And uh, this man in a, in a, in a uniform, a, soul, a military uniform, and I, I don't know what kind of military uniform it was, but he appeared to me and told me the day he died. And then he just kind of faded away. And so that started an interest in me in contact with the dead. And I was reading a lot of books on that. Um, there was a man uh, writing a lot of books then at the time named Hans Holzer, who was investigating what we would call haunted places, you know, haunted houses, haunted hospitals, whatever. He would go to these places and supposedly have encounters with the spirits of dead people. Anyway, this all just really consumed me. I did a lot of reading on that. And my other interests continued. And this all led over a period of time to me um, deciding to get actively involved in something. And so um, I was reading a lot on Hinduism too. This is where my interest in Eastern religion started. Hmm. And I started believing in reincarnation. And then I... Um, 
went to a Tibetan Buddhist group. And at this, at this time, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia. I had gone to college in Florida, and I had moved uh, later to Atlanta. And so all of these things that happened that brought me into the New Age and where I was active in the New Age were in the city of Atlanta, Georgia. And I was very, very, I was intrigued by the Tibetan Buddhism. I was reading the books. I was doing the meditation. I had been shown how to do the meditation. And I was going every week to this group and hearing lectures. Hmm. And so, you know, at this point, my worldview had really shifted quite a bit. And I was adopting, you know, what I would say would be a new age slash Eastern worldview uh, of reality, which is very different from not only the Christian reality, but just the reality that a, you know, like an atheist or an agnostic would have. So I was very much into this kind of thing uh, that I eventually got into Zen Buddhism. And also during this time, I took a course called Inner Light Consciousness. And at the end of that course, we were introduced to what was called our spiritual master. Um, a spiritual master was a disembodied being who was going to be your guide, your spiritual guide. And this is what is popularly called a spirit guide. Hmm. But this particular group uh, called it the spiritual master. And um, I did meet my spiritual master during this guided meditation. Um, and I felt his presence with me. And from then on, I just, things just really accelerated. I uh, took psychic development classes. I started studying astrology. Um, I took past life regression classes. I took numerology classes. <laughs> I wow. took a palm reading class. Yeah, I was just really like, wow. you know, 100% into it. And so I was going to this place where they taught all, all of these things. And of course, so there I met people. I met the teachers, um, you know, like like I, I got to know psychics and mediums um, who were the teachers there uh, and new age teachers. And I was just just soaking up all this stuff and doing a lot of reading and and started a serious study of astrology and taking astrology classes. And that led to me becoming certified and licensed by the city of Atlanta. The city of Atlanta is very unusual. It's the only city in the country that does this kind of thing hmm. because a group of astrologers there had gone to the city council and they got this, this law or, you know, at least a city law that in order to practice as an astrologer in the city, you had to have a business license, but to qualify for it, you had to take an exam to prove you knew astrology. And this was to keep out the, the the con artists who don't really know astrology, but try to get you to come in so they can tell you stuff, you know. So the serious astrologers, you know, didn't like this. And they said, look, we'll prove that we know what we're talking about. So that was set up. I took, it was a seven hour exam. Wow. And um, it was very difficult. Only about half the people who take it pass. Um, so I became licensed. I became a professional astrologer. I got involved with the Astrological Society, which was very, very active. Um, I was uh, getting, I started getting clients and, you know, that led to my life as an astrologer. So I was fully immersed in this astrology uh, that I was doing as well as, you know, I would have psychic experiences and psychic visions when I was doing the charts for my clients. 
And I was teaching astrology and I became president of the Astrological um, Society there. And I also was a chairperson of the board of astrology examiners that formulates and grades the exam. So I was, and I was also writing for New Age and Astrological Magazines, and I was on the Speakers Bureau. (laughs) So I was going around Atlanta speaking to different groups like um, Parents Without Partners, uh, the Lions Club, both of them had me, had me as a speaker. And I spoke to some other groups. uh, And I was just, you know, my, my whole worldview was that God was an energy and we all come from an energy. We're all connected by this one energy Hmm. and that we'll all go back to God after Hmm. living many lives after, you know, we have to spiritually advance through many, many lives for a long time before we can uh, leave, basically leave this plane of existence and go be part of God. So that, that was my worldview. And I, you know, I completely believed I would have another life and that I had had previous lives And I was very hostile to Christianity because I thought Christians were narrow-minded and that they were told what to believe, that they were on a lower spiritual path. And they were not aware of who they really were and what potential they really had. You know, I just felt they were in this very limited world. Um, So I, I I didn't like, I didn't want to hear anything about Christianity at all. And uh, so what happened was, and without going into all the details of it, God intervened in my life and over a period of time was drawing me to Christ, although I was not aware that was what was happening. Hmm. Um, all I knew is that I had this this kind of obsessive desire to go to a church. A com- I call it a compulsion. Hmm. And I actually resisted this for several months. And then I finally went to a church. and. At the beginning of the service, um, they had a procession down the aisle, and at the front of the aisle was a young boy carrying a cross. And as he walked by me, I felt this, uh, what I call a waterfall of love falling on me and washing through me. I knew this was from from God. I knew this was from a personal God. Mm. Okay. So I knew this was from a personal God, and then he was telling me he loved me. This was very, very real. I mean, it was so real. It shocked me. And I was like, tears were coming down my face. Um, It had nothing to do with the music or the church or the people there. This was, I knew this was from God. But the thing is, I didn't believe in a personal God. So something was happening to me that I didn't even believe in. (laughs) It sounds so bizarre, but this is exactly how it happened. So I ended up going back to that church um, every Sunday And I was still, you know, into my new age worldview. I was still, I just, you know, people that I met there and found out I was an astrologer, some of them wanted my business card. So I thought I could get some clients, you know, and I thought, thought, oh, here's a whole new source of clients. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I was, um, you know, I was just kind of intrigued by it all. Uh, and then very, not too long after that first Sunday, when that happened, I started getting an impression that God did not like astrology. And it was not in anything I heard at the church. It was just this impression. And I I was very uncomfortable with it. So I ignored it. And then that pretty soon became an impression. God wanted me to stop doing astrology. Hmm. 
And there's a lot of things that happened around that I'm going to skip over, but it ended up with me actually giving astrology up uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Now, when I went into the church and felt that waterfall of love, love, that was Labor Day, that was Labor Day weekend. And so now it's the night before Thanksgiving. It's about, you know, what is that? Two and a half months or something later. And I actually give astrology up. Wow. Now I was was not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh so it was a very strange time because um I had to tell, you know, my clients I wouldn't be doing see, I did I had new clients, but then they would come back and get updates or they would come back and get um like compatibility or relationship charts done with their husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, um, or even with their children. So I was I would see clients repeatedly. It wasn't just a one time thing. So I I had a lot of clients and I had to tell them I wasn't doing it anymore. Hmm. And I really didn't know why. All I knew was that somehow astrology had separated me from God. And that's what I told them. If they asked me and they would say, well, how? How does it do that? And I said, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. (laughs) And so uh, what happened was I started reading scripture and a few days before Christmas, as I was reading uh, a, an account in Matthew chapter 8, uh, God just opened my eyes and I saw who Jesus was. Wow. And I, I realized I had been on the wrong spiritual path my whole life, that I had been going against God, that I didn't really know who Jesus was. The Jesus I believed in was not the real Jesus. And I realized that if I had died before then, I would have, I would have gone to hell. I, you know, all of that, I realized like in a very, you know, probably like a nanosecond or something. And, and I knew I just kind of turned my life over to Christ, you know, and I knew I was a new person. And so, you know, after that, there's a lot of things that happened, (laughs) but, um, Event, and I was kind of at sea because there a lot of the people at the church I was going to didn't understand, you know, like they didn't understand why I gave astrology up. Would the people and at so the church? Would the people at the church thought did they think that astrology was fine? Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's interesting too. Yeah, they didn't understand what was wrong with it. They, um, yeah. this was an Episcopal church. Now, some people there. Now, of course, you know, I didn't know everybody. I just knew some people. And of those people, some of the people may have thought astrology was wrong, but maybe didn't say anything to me. I don't Mm. know, because the only people that I knew whose ideas I knew on astrology were the people who thought it was okay. Right. I mean, they're the only people I heard from. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I didn't really, you know, I I wasn't really getting any support from for what I did, except from the rector, the rector of that church. Um, actually I went to him the night before Thanksgiving and told him what was going on. And he, he started reading me passages from the old Testament about divination, but I didn't understand why he was reading them. Hmm. And all I knew is when it finished, all I knew is that that was confirmation. I should give astrology up. And I told him that. Wow. So he, I think he saw what was going on, but he was very, he didn't like, come at me like a ton of bricks you know he was he just read from scripture which i think was the best thing to do that's amazing 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it really, it, the whole story is just to me, I, you know, I look back on it and I mean, I, I obviously did nothing. You know, this was nothing. I was, I felt like God practically dragged me into that church because I, I resisted it for so long. And I resisted giving astrology up too. I didn't want to give astrology up. So after that, my life, of course, completely changed. Eventually, um, my son and I moved up to this area when I was still a very new Christian. I had only been a Christian about, when we moved up here, I'd only been a Christian about nine months, nine or, yeah, about nine months. And so I came up here as a very new believer, had to start trying to find a church, and that's a whole other thing. I eventually did end up at a good church. I'm still a member of that church. I joined as a, um, I wasn't a brand new believer, but I was a young believer. I was Mm -hmm. very young in Christ. So, um, you know, I'm really grateful the Lord led me to a good solid church where I got, you know, I learned the Bible and, you know, got good, good messages and good exegesis of scripture um, and had was surrounded by, you know, real believers. So anyway, it was quite a journey. Um, I uh, did find out, I can't leave this out. I found out a few months after I became a Christian at this office, I was working part-time because one of my clients hired me to work in this office to give him behind the scenes information on the employees based on their birth data. Mm. And that's why I was there. I mean, nobody else knew that, you know, he did. I didn't think his secretary knew that. Um, And there was a Christian man in that office and he was praying for me with a young adult fellowship at his church when he found out I was an astrologer he he prayed for me and he befriended me but he never preached at me he never said he all he would do would be ask me questions like he would say things like what do you think about music today you know like do you have concerns about this or what do you think of that and I really liked people asking my opinion so I (laughs) I would be like, oh, well, let me tell you what I think. (laughs) And he was just very, he was just this very nice kind of quite humble guy. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, he's praying for, for me with his young adult fellowship. Wow. And that's, and all of that stuff that happened was they were praying for me during all that stuff. Wow. When I was going to the church and everything, they were praying. Wow. And I didn't find out though, till like four months later, he told me. And I, um, you know, I, I think it's because of something I said that he told me. I don't know if he would have told me otherwise. And that really blew me away. So I think that my story shows, first of all, that God can reach anybody, no matter mm. how hardened and hostile they are to, to Christ. And number two, when you feel led to pray for somebody, don't give up. And even if it looks really bad, like this person is so... You know, this person is never going to be a Christian, you know, mm. I mean, it can just look like a hopeless case. And, but if you feel led to pray or you really feel burdened for that person, just keep praying because you wow. have no idea. You have no idea what God's doing behind the scenes. Yeah, you just have huge. no idea. That's huge. And even and even bringing his whole young adults fellowship group to join him, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. And also just the power of scripture, how it was scripture that you that changed your life. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember the specific passage in Matthew eight that really just? Oh yes. What was oh, it? Oh yes, I know it really, really well. It's the, I can't remember the verses now. I think it's twenty three, twenty two, twenty four. It's where Jesus is on the boat, 
and he's asleep and a storm comes up and the disciples are scared and they wake him up and he rebukes the sea and the wind. Mm. It's in uh, Mark 4 and Luke 8, I believe. Um, but I was reading Matthew chapter 8. Wow. And um, it's a little longer. I think in Mark, I think it might be a little longer passage. One of them is longer, but I was reading the Matthew passage. And it's good, of course, to read all three of them. I like to do, you know, like read all all, all of it because then you get the full perspective. <laughs> totally. And um, uh, that was the passage and I was reading it and something about it just gripped me. And I, I you know, so I read it again. And I'm like, well, you know, let me read that again. So I read it again. And I was like, I just couldn't let go of it. And I'm like, let me read. I must have read it three or four times. Wow. And it's while I was reading that last time that I saw that God opened my eyes. It's while I was reading that passage. Wow. It was like Jesus, you know, he 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 completely, you know, controls the sea and the wind. He stops the storm immediately. And then he says, you know, where, you know, where is your faith? Kind of like is you know he's kind of rebuking them in a gentle way, like you still don't get who I am, do yeah. you? you? Or you haven't really come to believe it. And it just the whole thing, Jesus's manner. It wasn't just his power over nature, but it was his manner with the disciples. And you know, it, I don't know. The, there was something about it that just really got me. Wow. And that was it. You know. Wow, it's so beautiful. It's just a reminder for our <laughs> listeners just the power of scripture. And how we yes. just read it over yeah. and over again, every time it does something different and how that just literally changed the trajectory of your entire life. That one. Right. Well, the power. Yeah. The, the cause scripture is God's living yeah. word. Yeah. And it's more than just words on a page like yeah. in other books. Yeah. And so God uses the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit inspired words that. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit will work through those words if it's God's will. If you're not a believer, he can, you know, people, other people have been saved reading scripture. Um, or, and if you're a believer, you are also transformed reading scripture and, you know, grow closer to the Lord because yeah. it, it's just, it's his word. So, you know. So beautiful. I love important. it. I love it. So it's a, such a good reminder for our listeners uh, the power of scripture, the power of prayer, praying with a young adults group for people. You know, it's just what a beautiful story. And so now you're on a mission. You're on a mission. Life <laughs> has changed for you. Tell us about yes. your ministry, what you're doing. And um, and then I have some questions about Enneagram, other things, and how okay. uh, maybe you see some similarities with the Enneagram and what you've seen in the New Age movement. But so what are you doing now? Well, I have a full-time ministry, Christian Answers for the New Age. I have been in it full-time. Uh, it's going to make me sound really old since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> so 1998, that's 25 years. I can't believe it. Crazy. And I actually started part-time in 1994. Okay. So I was doing it part-time first. I was working full-time. I, I was a single mother, um, and I was working, and kind of I would go to college conferences, I'd use vacation time to go speak at conferences or go speak at churches if I had to use vacation time. And then uh, through, it's another story how, you know, God impressed on me, I needed to go full time. Also, my uh, missions pastor had suggested it and some people at my church were saying, when are you going to do this full time? Mm. You know, and I was resisting it as usual. I was like, oh, no, I can't do this full time. <laughs> but you know, God had other plans and 
I ended up full-time with a mission agency, Fellowship International Mission in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So I am technically a missionary. I'm a missionary. And the two um, purposes of my ministry are, number one, to educate Christians uh, about the New Age and the occult so they can be more discerning. And also so they can witness to people in the New Age and the occult. And then the other one is to do outreach to people in the new age and the occult and, you know, try to share the truth of Christ with them. So those are the two areas of my ministry that, you know, what my ministry is about. So I do that through, I've done that through a lot of speaking, a lot of programs like this, um, a lot of writing, two books, uh, and um, I guess that's in my website. Amazing. And and, and I feel like... Uh... Now more than ever, we need to to help young people just be aware of this reality. Like we talked about, a lot of young people yes. are hungry, and they're just yes. going to the wrong places for food. They really yeah. are. It's yeah. got it's gotten so huge out there. You know, Wiccan witchcraft, like the TikTok witches. I'm very aware of that. Astrology is getting more popular. Yeah. Um. It just it's really there's a spirituality that's exploding, but it's not spirituality from God. Yeah. Yeah. And then that means we know who it's from. And that's, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a counterfeit to the real yeah. the real thing. Yeah, we did an episode with Chris Berg because we're doing a little mini series with you, Chris Berg, a few other people, and it's uh called Spiritual Things. And um, you know, Chris spoke so highly of you, and uh, uh, mentioned he said, "Oh, he's a huge fan." And so I just thought, "Oh, this is really cool." Uh, so, so we're honored to, yeah, s- to sit with heart. you. <laughs> yeah, he he was great too. We we talked about a lot of great stuff. So so we see this um, you know, counterfeit spirituality that's growing and growing and growing and young people are hungry for truth and they're finding it in all the wrong places. Um, now, Enneagram is something that is growing a lot and a lot of young people would yes. probably not associate Enneagram with anything we've talked about so far. Uh, they would think it's a totally different thing. It's a personality thing. And I told you right before we started the interview, I'm like, I'm pretty sure after this episode, I'll lose about 40 to 50% of my friends. And so I'm grateful that you'll be my friend because that's going to make me have very few friends left. But um, this is this is a reality. Do you see that there are some uh, connection between all things Enneagram and your new age past experience? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Enneagram functions very much like astrology. Um, I just, you know, I've seen so many parallels with astrology. Both astrology and the Enneagram come from pagan beliefs, non-Christian beliefs. They were both designed and developed as tools with a non-Christian spirituality attached to them. And they both ended up, astrology, it was much, much later. And astrology, of course, is more ancient and goes back further than the Enneagram. But it ended up in more contemporary times as a personality thing. You know, so if you're Aries, you're like this. And if you're, you know, Gemini, you're like this. And so in that way, it it matches the Enneagram to a degree. And uh, so they both ended up that way. They're both completely invalid. You know, they're not. If you went to a psychologist and said, can you please analyze me according to my astrological birth chart? (laughs) Unless the psychologist, there are psychologists who are astrologers. So I should give that caution. But let's say this is one who is not. Uh, they would be like, what? No, I'm not going to analyze you using your astrological birth chart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
that, that's like saying you want to be analyzed with the Enneagram. It's the same thing because there's no, the Enneagram is not accepted. Uh, it's not valid in, in professional psychology. The psychologists who use it are new age psychologists and unfortunately now Christian counselors. Hmm. And this is, this is, you know, now that it got its foot in the door, it's, it's, it's being used as though it's valid. And a lot of people, I think, don't realize it isn't. Um, but it came, it was a completely ad hoc thing. You know, it started off as this map of the, of the laws of the universe. Gurdjieff said it would, it would contain all the laws and knowledge of the universe in the Enneagram. Hmm. It had nothing to do with personality or it wasn't personal. It was this, it was this concept, this kind of philosophical, spiritual concept that he had about the Enneagram. And he used it in this very spiritual fashion. And until uh, Oscar Chazo got hold of it in nineteen in the nineteen sixties, it was used only by followers of Gurdjieff and his student Uspensky, and they used it within those teachings. So it was it was kind of contained in those circles. Although Uspensky wrote some books on it, and then it became more available to other people, and we think that's how Chazo found out about it. Although there's about seven different stories of how Chazo came across the Enneagram. Mm. Nobody knows which one is true. This is so typical with this kind of thing in the new age. Um, and so Ichazo taught it with the ego fixations, the nine points or nine ego fixations. Now, this is where a lot of people get confused because Ichazo correlated it with seven deadly sins. And then he added two more to make nine. It's been people have spun it so that it's like, well, it's a Christian thing and it helps you discover your sin or something like that. That's not how Ichazo used it because he was not a Christian. He just used it as a way he he named it with those deadly sins. But the way he was using it was in a very esoteric way. And he was saying that when you discover which number your ego fixation, okay, I'm ego fix, let's just say I'm ego fixation three. Uh, okay, that is your false persona. So now you have to dismantle that. That is your conditioned self. That's who you think you are because of your experiences, because of what society has told you, because of what the church has told you. That's your false self. Now you need to dismantle it because beneath that is a pure essence. And you are pure essence. That's who you really are. That's your true self. Now, that's how Ichazo taught it. And his student, Claudio Naranjo, who was getting involved, well, I think he, maybe he was already involved in the New Age, but he definitely was getting into it at the point he went to Ichazo's school. And he learned the Enneagram from Ichazo. And then he took it to California and... Claudio Naranjo was a psychotherapist, but his specialty was the effect of psychedelic drugs on the mind. Huh. And he partook of psychedelic drugs. He thought they were great. And he believed in using them to open your consciousness up and, and even to contact, you know, spirit beings. And he, he was very much into, he said later in life in a interview, which I watched and did a Facebook post on, uh, he said that the spiritual way of life that he most identifies with is shamanism. Hmm. Now, shamanism, a shaman is the intermediary between the people of his tribe or village and the spirit world. That's what the role of a shaman is. Hmm. 
So a shaman does spirit contact and also does basically sorcery. You know, he, he would call it healing, but it's sorcery. So this is the, the path that Naranjo most closely identified hmm. with. Both Ichazo and Naranjo claimed contact with spirits. And uh, in fact, Ichazo said his school was run by an interior master. All right, that's a disembodied being. And he claimed contact with uh, the spirit named Metatron and another one called the Green Katu, which is actually from Islam. I don't know very much about it. Uh, and and somebody who does what Ichazo did, that's very normal that he would, you know, I had spirit guides. You know, I talked about how I was introduced to mine. Everybody in the New Age and the occult have spirit guides. So this is very common. It's not a strange thing if you're in this kind of mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And Naranjo did too. And Naranjo, uh, you know, was his whole worldview was skewed by these spiritual beliefs he had. So he comes up with the nine types and he gives them these names and and he said most of that information came from automatic writing. And automatic writing is a spirit contact. You're letting a spirit write the words. Now, here's the problem. In the last, actually it started a few years ago, but it's really gained ground, I'd say in the last year. Some of the prominent Enneagram defenders in the church uh, Beth McCord and Tyler Zach are two of them are, are spinning this and they're saying, I watched the whole video where Tyler Zach did this. They're saying uh, that automatic writing was really just kind of a stream of consciousness that he was just opening his mind up and, to ideas and letting them kind of come in. And it wasn't spirit contact. Now, the thing is, if you look at the video, Claudia Naranjo did, and you watch the whole, the whole thing, you see, he says he got his information from higher sources, not historical sources. He's very clear. You know, he also uses the term higher authorities. And there's another video that most people don't know about that I watched. It's a much longer video. And the very end of that video, he also mentions the automatic writing again. Hmm. So it's very clear what he's talking about. He's not talking about stream of consciousness or just letting the ideas flow. But now we have Christian... Uh, Enneagram apologists who are making a case for the Enneagram yes. to make it seem more credible and they're yep. trying to refute facts and they're doing it by spinning it into these other things and this is really um, kind of getting to me to tell you the truth <laughs> yeah. and I am I am I've been writing about it and in fact just today my co-author on the Enneagram book we wrote we wrote a book called Richard Rohr and the Enneagram Secret uh, me and jo- Don and Joy Vino, and Don Vino and Don Don and Joy Vino did a blog on this just that just came out today, and mm-hmm. I posted it on my Facebook pages. A very a very good article mm-hmm. showing how uh, they're taking what Naranjo said out of context, and you know that's it's just it's got I it's I see that it's you know the Enneagram is entrenched in the church, so this is an ongoing battle. Yeah, well, the reason you asked me, how did I see the new age in this? Well, first of all, of course, the people involved in this mm-hmm. were doing things like what I did, you know, spirit contact and and having these kind of new age occult worldviews. And then they, they, they believe that this tool is to find the true self. So the true self, when the Enneagram got into the new age via Helen Palmer, uh, 
and that's when I where I heard about it. I was in the New Age when I heard about the Enneagram. Hmm. The goal of it was to find the true self. The true self in the New Age is your divine self. Because the New Age believes we all have an innate divine self, and that's our true self. This other part of us is um, just kind of either a superficial covering or it's completely false, depending. There's very, the New Age doesn't have just one view on anything, so there's a lot of views. But But the bottom line is that the true self is this kind of pure, untouched self. And that is what you find by using the Enneagram. And that's the purpose of it. Now, when Richard Rohr got hold of it, um, he's a Franciscan friar who runs the Center for Action and Contemplation. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book on the Enneagram, the Enneagram of Christian Perspective, which makes it sound like it's a Christian tool. Um. Uh, and he was friends with all the early progressives, uh, which at that time were called the Emergence, uh, Tony Jones, Brian McLaren, Rob Bell, um, and the whole there's a whole camp of them. They were friends with Richard Rohr. How that came about, I don't know. I think that's how they found out about the Enneagram because they started uh, talking about the Enneagram and teaching it at their conferences yeah. around tw- 2009, 2010, 2011. I wrote my first article on the Enneagram in 2011 because I saw it in the progressive church. Hmm. And so I wrote an article on it and giving the history of it and why it's not a Christian tool. But even at that time, there were two Christians using it. One of them was Suzanne Stabile, who she and Ian Cron wrote the first Enneagram book for the evangelical church, The Road Back to You, published by IVP. She was getting into it. And Alice Fry was another one. She was married to a big head honcho at InterVarsity Press. And uh, they eventually published her book. Hmm. Uh, So they were teaching the Enneagram. Both of them had gone uh, and done workshops or classes for Richard Rohr. Both of them. I point that out in in my article because I knew Richard Rohr was problematic. Now, at the time, even then in 2011... I did not know what I know now about Richard Rohr um, because he's a complete heretic. He's just a heretic. He's a classic heretic. Hmm. He denies several essentials of the faith. Hmm. He makes a distinction between Jesus and Christ. And he teaches that we don't need salvation. Why does he teach that? Because he says we've always been with God and our true self Hmm. is the self that has never been separated from God. So his spin on the Enneagram is to find the true self that has never been separated from God. And that is that is what the what it is to him. And he even admits, and even Suzanne Stabile and Ian Cron admit this, that it's not scientific, that it has no scientific validity. Mm-hmm. They they I think it's even in the road back to you. Mm-hmm. I think Ian Cron writes that. And here's another thing people should know. Suzanne Stabile was mentored by Incron for several years. Mm. I mean, by Incron, by by Richard War mm. for several years. Um, and Richard War also mentored Chris Horitz, who wrote The Sacred Enneagram, which came out in 2017, a year after The Road Back to You. So you see how it got into this church through this heretic, through his disciples and associates, they write the first two Enneagram books and, you know, it just, it, and then it just, and it took off. I, when I saw it getting into the church, when I saw the road back to you and I did a warning post on it 
I thought, well, surely this isn't going to go that far. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll go here and there. A few people here and there will get into it, you know, and then it'll kind of fade away after a while. Of course, you know, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't blase about it. I was very concerned because I knew this was just poison, spiritual yeah. poison. Yeah. And, the, and, and, and when it started taking off and really getting popular, especially by 2019, it was just seemed to be going everywhere. I was, I was truly, truly alarmed. And that's why um, we ended up doing our book, which came out in March 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge, and I, I see it growing and growing and growing and growing at a you know at a very very fast rate. And uh, I have you know I see people on my Facebook all the time. Someone just posted, "Oh, my wife just wrote a book on enneagram and marriage and this and that." And other blah. I was like, "Wow, it's just like it's just infiltrating so yes, fast." It, it is. Yeah, it is. And and here's the thing. It's people use it and they think it's accurate. They're like, but it, but it works. You know, I look I'm, I, I figured out I'm a seven and I'm a wing eight. And that really, really fits me because of this. Well, this is this happens because of psychological factors like confirmation bias uh, and then selective data, selective memory, self-deception. It works the same way astrology works. That's another parallel with astrology. Mm. It it works exactly the same way. So you like my clients thought when I talked to them about who they were and I was looking at their birth chart, they were like amazed at how accurate it was. Now, some of that information, I think, was demonic um, because I would get these things coming to my mind, um, I think, for my spirit guides. But a lot of it is just a lot of people just really believe in astrology because they think, mm-hmm. well, I'm such a Gemini that really fits me. You know, you what you do is you you we all like to see patterns. So we read these things and we identify with some of them and we think, oh, yes, that's that's me. That must be who I am. Mm-hmm. And then the more you identify with it, the more real it gets. And then you start filtering things that happen to you through that worldview. Yeah. yeah. You know, I filtered things through my astrological chart about my reality. And I would think, okay, that's why that's happening and why I reacted that way. It's because, you know, my 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 son is in the, uh, you know, the ninth house or whatever. And, and, you know, or my son is square to Saturn or whatever. You do the same thing with Enneagram. You can say, well, yeah, that's why I reacted, you know, because I'm a two- and my wing is three and, you know, my husband's a six and that's why we argue about this. And once you start filtering everything that way, it becomes more and more real. And then mm. it's, and then it's, and then it becomes limiting because now you really think this is real and you're interpreting things using that, you know, that little filter, which is completely based on falsehood. And this is what's happening because it's being used for marriage counseling you know, pastors are using it for marriage counseling. And pastors are also uh, using it for, uh, I've heard of pastors using it for, uh, you know, when they're hiring new staff, you have to go through the yes. whole thing to figure out who you are and blah, 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 whatever. Yes. You're a three with a wing nut seven or whatever the heck it's called. It, yeah. Yeah. The wing always has to be a number adjacent to the numbers. So you can't be a three wing seven. <laughs> I, don't, I, I honestly don't know anything about it. And I'm so grateful because that's I don't want to. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. know that. That's, yeah. That's I'm so happy. You don't know yeah. that. 
Everyone, that's so when, good. when people meet me, they go, oh man, you're such a blank. And they say the number and I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not. Don't even, I just rebuke that. Don't call yeah, me Yeah, I'm number. like, that's like somebody coming up to me and say, oh, you know, you're such a Sagittarius or something. I'm like, you know, no, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not that what, you know, that wasn't my, my, I've had people sometimes say, well, what was your sign? I'm like, you know, I'm not going to say. Yeah. Because people who believe in this will start they'll get yeah. who are curious will start yeah. trying to correlate me to that sign yeah now you know some people know my birth date so they could figure it out but the thing is is that you what you're doing is you're taking something artificial and you're trying to make that fit you or describe you and actually what what god tells us in his word is that we are being conformed to the image of christ mm. we are as christians we're being conformed to the image of christ and who should we look at as our model is Jesus Christ. Yeah. His character is what the Holy Spirit is trying to shape us into a Christ-like character. That's what all the pruning is about. Mm -hmm. That's what God's, you know, um, discipline is about. That's what God's word is about. It's, I mean, that's a big part of it is being shaped in with these Christ-like characters. And those don't relate to anything. In the Enneagram, it doesn't matter what you what you think your personality is. Mm -hmm. God will use you and he will, you know, shape you. The Holy Spirit will shape you. Hopefully, you know, you know, cut off the, the bad parts of you. You know, if you're, you know, you have some kind of trait that's bad. Well, that has to be, you know, that has to be worked on through you yielding to the Holy Spirit. And so that you can overcome it or at least get better. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to make progress as a yeah. Christian. You don't yeah. stay the same. Yeah. And while our progress is towards Christ, the, the character of Christ. And so God cares about our character, not our personality. Mm. You know, I'm sure like Peter and Paul and, you know, James and, the, and Nathaniel and the disciples all had very, I'm sure they had very different personalities. And you can even see in scripture, you can get a little hint of the kind of people they were. You know, Peter sounds very impulsive and maybe excitable or emotional. So you can, you get this idea, but that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What matters is, are you, if you're a Christian is, are you willing to serve God and be shaped by the Holy Spirit? That's what counts. And if your character develops in that direction, that's what, that's what matters. The personality is just insignificant. Oh, it's such a good word. It's not about personality. It's about character. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. And I think something that stands out to me right now as we're talking is back to your story when you were attending this church and you were an astrologer and you were kind of just figuring out all this stuff and you didn't hear anything from the people who were opposed to astrology or had warnings about astrology. You just heard from the camp who were potential clients and were for it and yeah. thought it was great. Yeah. And I wonder if that's the same today where with the Enneagram, not a lot yeah. of people are talking against it. They're just kind of coming together and getting excited about it. But we need people to actually stand and say, hey, you know what? Actually, here's the history of it. It's not right. It's dangerous. It leads to bad roads. You need to stop it. I know people will get so offended and so upset about that because, again, it's infiltrating the church and people think it's the best Christian thing that's ever happened. Um, oh, I know. Yeah. It's it's amazing how it's taken over has just taken my breath away. And, you know, I keep repeating this. I just said this on, on the, my Facebook page the other day because someone came along who was upset about something I posted about the Enneagram. And he said, it's just a personality tool. Why are you so upset? Hmm. You know, and I said, it is, that's, the pro that's the problem. It's not a personality tool. <laughs> yeah. It was not designed that way. It was not used that way. That's how it's sort of, that's the story of it in the Christian church. 
but that's not what it is. And it, and it doesn't even, it fails the psychometric test. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work as a personality tool. And I said, that's the problem. That's not what it's for. It's really to find the true self. It's the spiritual tool. It has a spiritual dimension to it. That's why it's doing so much damage. And I said this like four or five years ago. I said, because the essence of the Enneagram is a spirituality opposed to Christ, it is going to damage the church. It's not going to help the church. It's going to damage it. And that's exactly what's happening. The other thing I see the parallel with the new age is in the new age, the criteria for everything is experience. So what you experience is your truth. That's your truth. That's how you find a determined truth. It's your experience, what you think and feel and your inner inner experiences and everything. And I see Christians using that with the Enneagram. It's like, well, it's helped me. So it's good. It's helped mm. me. So, you know, and I say you, you can't use that as your criteria because a lot of things can seem to help you, but they actually aren't helping you or the help is a very short-term help, mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. you know, and in the long run, it's not a help. So um, what, what a Christian should want are the facts. And you take the facts of something of a tool that's claiming to be spiritual. Does the spiritual side of that tool match up? Is it compatible with scripture? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then you have to discard it. Yeah, That's just, you know, this is what God was saying over and over again to, yeah. to Israel, have nothing to do with these other gods, have nothing to do with the way they worship. You don't worship them like you worship me. You know, it was, you just don't have nothing to do with it. Um, and it's, this is the same, it's the same idea. You you don't want to fool around with a spirituality that's opposed yeah. with Christ. Yeah. It's very dangerous. And I feel like it once, really he, is. And once he opened the door, once he opened the door, you know, he comes in, the enemy comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's damn, it's already damaged the church. Yes. I, I cannot tell you how many people my co-author and I've had who've contacted us either together or individually who are dealing with this in their church. Wow. And they will go to their pastors. They'll present the information. In most cases, they're told, no, we're, you know, we're, we're not concerned about it. You know, we believe it can be used in a good way. And then they end up leaving their church because they don't want to be under that kind of leadership. Yeah. In a few cases, sometimes the pastors will listen. And mm-hmm. especially if the Enneagram hasn't really gotten in, it's just kind of there or somebody's proposing it. Yeah. And then they, then they, then they might be like, okay, no, now that I know what it is, no, that's not going to be in our church. We do. Yeah. We have had a few positive stories. Yeah. Most of them are not though. Most yeah. of them are not positive. Yeah. So it's just taking over. It's being used for discipleship, for marriage counseling, for parenting counseling. Yeah. It's being used for teamwork, for leadership, for pastoral, you know, teamwork, for app applications, not yeah. just for pastors, but I have people contact me who work for Christian ministries or organizations who, or who want to work, want to go work with them, and who are told they need to take the en- yeah. an enneagram. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that fascinating? I know a church um, in a different province who they the their sermon series was going through each each thing like nine week series on you know on the enneagram. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not even preaching the Bible anymore. You're just literally preaching about some random numbers and how that associates to. It. It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, and so I mean. It's very clear. I wanted to ask you in closing, um, what warnings, <laughs> what would you tell someone who is dabbling or is immersed? And I mean, the answer is probably clear. Run for the hills. <laughs> 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 I 
is probably what yeah. you would say. Yeah, I tell them, look, this, first of all, it's invalid. So it's not, it's not really going to help you at all. And, you know, there's always a little bit of truth and falsehood. So there mm. might be a few things like if you think you're a six, there might be a few things about type six that are true about you. But you're much more than that. Mm -hmm. And not everything about type six is you or type seven or type eight. You know, I, I remember when I first saw the Enneagram and I, you know, and saw the um, looked at it with more detail and saw the nine types. And I read a little brief description of them. And I just kind of pretended like, well, what if I thought I was one of these types? Which one would I be? And I, re I was really about five of them fit me. <laughs> I've had other people tell me this, too. Like, well, I don't know, like four of them fit me. I could be four of them. So it's because none of them really fit anybody. And also the categories are too vague mm. to be distinct. They're not distinct categories. And that's, that's intentional, and I, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure that's yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, yeah, because it just makes it work, quote unquote, work better. Yeah. But I mean, I was told that by, you know, a Christian psychologist, the categories are not distinct enough. You can, he said, a, a psychologist can just look at this and be like, this isn't, this is fallacious, you know? So, um, Anyway, although Christian counselors are using it, that's another place we see it. Yeah. So I would tell people, look, first of all, you don't want to define yourself in such a narrow way, whether it's astrology or the Enneagram or the four temperaments or whatever, you know, whatever is out there to define you. You are much more complex than that. And and the way you want to be defined is by knowing yourself as, as if you're a believer as a Christian, where are you with the Lord? Mm -hmm. How are you growing in your re relationship with Christ? How are you letting God use you? How is your character being molded? If you want to think about who you are and where you are, that's what you should be doing as a Christian. Yeah. Not looking at some false tool to try to identify with this number. So I and I also have I have responses to many of the things people are told. They're told all truth is God's truth. God can redeem anything. Uh, these are some of the defenses of the Enneagram. Paul quoted pagan poets. Believe it or not, that's also used as a defense. <laughs> um, and there, I, there's like seven or eight of them. I've done Facebook posts on all of them. And I have articles, I think, on two or three of them. I have all truth is God's truth on my website. And can God redeem anything? And omit offered to... Um, Offered to idols is another defense. Hmm. The Enneagram is meat offered to idols. And I have an article on that. And what I say is, you know, it's not a meat offered to idols issue because meat is a neutral thing. Um, idols, you know, it's not about meat offered to idols. The Enneagram is the idol. Hmm. You know, it's the idol. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, that's a different thing because Enneagram is not a neutral tool. I know. I think I went on too much there answering your question. No, it's so good. This I, is know, I so try, good. I, I want to tell people, you know, be prepared for people who are going to tell you yeah. it's okay. Yeah. You just, and get, so get acquainted with, with the facts, get acquainted with the information Yeah. so that you can respond better. And sometimes the information I found even talking with Chris Berg last week was just, it's a little bit tricky. You have to dig for it a little bit. They don't want, it's not yeah. a surface. You got to actually do your homework no. and dig a little deep because the truth is a little bit buried, probably intentionally. Well, and and because all the Christian Enneagram books are giving false information, yeah. saying it's ancient or saying it has Christian origins, or they say it, the origins are murky and we don't really know the origins. No, we know, we know the origins very, very well. There's some details mm -hmm. in some of it that we don't know, but we know the very, the main things yeah. and how, 
the Enneagram came about started, it only started in 1916. Yeah. So, you know, a little over a hundred years ago. So this is not an ancient tool. It was not used by Christians. Even the idea of it was not because the concept of personality is a modern concept mm-hmm. that came with uh, psychology, like in the late 1800s or something. Mm-hmm. That was not even a concept in the ancient world. They had, they had temperaments, but it was related to your body and your health. It had to do more with health. Right. So, you know, it was, it's, it's just uh, invalid. And I, I feel like the more we, we keep speaking, we have to keep speaking about it. The more people who hear the truth and want the truth, then the more people will be out there to share the truth. Yes. Amen. So that's the way we have to counteract it and, and through prayer. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The power of prayer and just being bold, not being like the people at the church who didn't bring it up with you, but maybe being like, like the rector, like you mentioned, who used scripture to help you navigate and see the reality. So we just need to be glued to our scripture and use scripture to uh, remind people of absolute truth. I really appreciate all that you're doing. Uh, what you're doing is crucial in today's culture. And so I'm so grateful for your ministry. And um, we'll have Thank some you. links to some of your resources, some of your articles. That'd be amazing to to help some of our viewers and listeners just be aware of some of the details. And um, I'm glad I have a friend in you because I feel like after this, I'm probably going to get <laughs> well, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you might, you might, but I'm hoping some of those people will rethink it. Yeah. You know, or down the line, come across some information that shows that what we said today is, are, are the facts. Amen. Amen. And so. Marsha, thank you so much for your time. And thank you thank for this you. conversation. God bless you, your ministry. And we just pray all the best for you. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, wow, that was a that was that was that a lot of information. Nuts. Lots yeah. of good points, a lot of things I never thought about even like the, you know, similarities between Enneagram and astrology. Like uh, studio audience, we have a live studio audience which is fantastic and I love that they're here every Monday. Uh, we barely pay them much. Like it's like very it's They just pennies. like to be here, man. They just yep. like to be here. Yeah, which yeah, is amazing. Um so live studio audience, what do you guys think uh today about uh, what, what do you think? What's your views on the Enneagram? Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, they've spoken. Okay. Wow, they really don't like it. Now let's ask another question. Maybe they'll be excited about this one. What do you guys think of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Okay. Okay. We got a good group here. Okay, sorry. We do not not rehearse any of this. This is uh, terrible. I'm sorry. Oftentimes, I think most of our listeners are like, I can't wait for Tuesday. Yeah. Well, that kind of sounded like Jones a little bit. Uh, Anyways. Um. (laughs) Jones? Okay, so <laughs> lots, a lots of things to talk about. Yeah. Um. Anything that Dude, massively stood out to you guys? Her story about like the 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 dead soldier that appeared to her, okay, and that, then like like yeah. that that gave me chills. Yeah, I was that's like, crazy. What the? Heck it's just a reminder it? that the spiritual world is legit. This is real stuff. This yeah. is real stuff, and it's demonic. Yeah, and it's demonic. And if you dabble with it, and we were talking about this a little bit before we press record, but you know, this is the reality. Like Satan. There's good and evil. We're very. It's very clear that there's good and evil. Um, and I think a lot of us are seeing that more and more every day. Uh, this is the reality. Satan doesn't wait for a proper invitation into your life. Even mm. if you naively tried the Ouija board because you thought it was funny, or you watched something that was you know sketchy, or whatever the case is, or you messed around with some spiritual things, he's not waiting for you to not be naive about it. 
he's just waiting for the door to crack open. And once the door cracks open, you know, there needs to be a lot of change in your life because you will Mm. have, um, honestly, like influence from the enemy. A lot of the the thing that I noticed as I got older is that there's not a lot of, or I guess there's less and less things that I'm realizing are neutral in life. Mm. Like a lot of things are Mm. or lead to like good or bad. Yes. Spiritually. Yeah. Like there's good forces and there's evil forces. There's not a lot of, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Neutral of, forces. Yeah, yeah neutral <laughs> forces. Like that's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing in the spiritual. And world. we know that the devil is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah, like he has an agenda. We know his agenda. Yeah. So if that is his agenda, he's not waiting for a proper invite. And I used to teach a spiritual warfare class uh, at my old church, and we talked about this a lot. It's like Jesus stands at the door, he knocks, he waits patiently. He's yeah. not going to barge into your life. Satan does not wait patiently. He waits for a moment of your weakness mm-hmm. or a moment of you to just cave in to some kind of spiritual thing that's not godly, and that's it. Yeah, he enters and he takes, um, you know, and, and there needs to be repentance. There needs to be turning away um, and clinging to Christ. Um, and it's a really serious thing. Yeah, it's it's not a joking matter. And so it blows my mind when we do all these connections with the Enneagram, because I don't know about you guys, but I, I do have a lot of friends who are massively engaged with the Enneagram. Yeah. And it's getting more and more popular in the church. And that is really scary. And Marsha mentions it. It's really terrifying. And yeah. it takes her breath away when yeah. she sees how much of the Enneagram is infiltrating the church and Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be on guard. I think all she said was so good. And I really appreciate her ministry because she's bold. And even Chris, the week before, so bold. And he admits that he's losing friends and he's not. Uh, do we hear that plane? The plane? Oh, yes, we I hear, do the, hear plane. the plane. We do hear the plane. Okay. Is yeah, that the face you were looking at? Like a, oh, well, no. Brandon was messing with this. Oh, he's just messing do with you. Do you hear that? Yeah. I do hear that. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think the people will hear that? Not if I do my think? job well enough. Okay. So <laughs> if you comment below, did you hear anything? <laughs> comment below. Should Chris get a raise? Um, Whoa. We're fired. Uh, no, oh, just a raise. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, there's so much to take away. I really appreciated her time and um, yeah. just even hearing her story. I think some big things are, you know, that pastor that gave her scripture. And it was the scripture that changed yep. her life and actually yep. made her realize. So it's not like we have to, she said it wasn't like it got hit with a ton of bricks. There was grace and truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. We need to navigate that when we're talking with people who are dabbling, maybe people we love. But it was also interesting, and we mentioned it with her too, just the reality that she didn't hear from a lot of people who were necessarily opposed to astrology when she was going around handing mm. her business card. Yeah, yeah. And this is the case today, I think. It's yeah. sort of the same thing with the Enneagram, yep. like you said, right? Yep. Or a lot of things, really. Yeah, like but, we, yeah, we talk about a lot of things that are just kind of growing and growing yeah. and yeah. so in culture but against you mm-hmm. know yeah. Christian values. And it's, a lot of us shy away. The devil's done a good job in yep. just shh, slithering that in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I have a fun story to share, which is kind of not related, yep. but also related. <laughs> and this is the area of us being bold and actually standing for truth. So um, someone watched the show. Uh, months and months ago, I think it was like our second or third show. Maybe our third show uh, is is uh, online church, actually church. We had Chris yeah. Stronis, who's a oh, pastor yeah. in Kamloops. And in our opening banter, we kind of talked a little bit about this book that my son, who's in preschool, you know, yeah. this yeah, book yeah. called The Naked Body. And it was like a really inappropriate book with a whole bunch of pictures that were just uh, terrible and terrible teaching on, you know, gender and stuff. Anyway, so for that age, you know, yeah, he's four yeah. years old. The parents don't even know how to navigate this stuff. And yeah. So how is a four-year-old going to, you know, comprehend all this? Anyways, someone uh, emailed in saying that they're bringing their kid to a school, a, a preschool as well. And they wanted to know the name of this preschool. So I told them the name of the preschool. 
and uh, they were a little bit worried because like, oh, this is the same preschool that we're uh, bringing my son. Uh, so they ended up getting a meeting with the head of that entire school because they have like 40 schools around, huh. you know, everywhere and uh, assistants and all these different people. And they invited all the parents to come. Two parents showed up. Oh, two really? parents showed up. My, my wife went. Huh. And then this other person who emailed in. They emailed everyone and said, this is it. This is the pictures. They emailed the pictures. No parents showed up. That's the first huh. thing that blew my mind. Yeah. Second thing is they went to this meeting yesterday. Yeah. And um, they just stood for truth. Yeah. Uh, they just said, hey, the Bible says this. And we're seeing being taught something totally different. And and my wife just went to bat and she was unashamed. And maybe it was a little bit like a ton of bricks. Because <laughs> I think she was, you know, it's our boy nice. and, you know, it's yeah. kids and stuff. So, yeah. You know. Right but um, she just stood up for truth. And the head of the person, and, and you know, my wife quoted another scripture that Jesus says, if anyone causes these little kids to stumble, it is better for you to tie a, mil- tie a millstone around your head and throw yourself into the ocean. And my wife said that passage to the head of this boy. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I would have liked to have been which is <laughs> like, Which I was invited. Yeah. And she said everyone was taken back. But then that head of the whole, you know, school organization took Michelle aside after and said, and Michelle said, I'm really sorry if I felt a little bit like, you know, yeah, uh, super like combative or whatever. I just like I'm really passionate about like, you know, just sticking to the word of God. And she said, no, don't worry about it. You know, whatever. And she just said, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that passage because I haven't been able to sleep the last couple of weeks. And for some reason, that passage has been coming in my head nonstop. Wow. And wow. people have been randomly sending me that passage. Huh. Jeez. But look what happens yep. when we stand for truth. And so wow. when Michelle apologized, sorry if I was a little bit too harsh, whatever. She's like, no, it's a problem. Grace, grace. We're all about grace. We're all about grace. And Michelle looked at her and truth. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And she's well, like. Well, it's crazy. Like Michelle, like she took boldness in that and turns out God was already speaking yes, to this person. Yes. What yep. she affirmed. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that yep. amazing? And so. Very few people are doing this, but I think it's the same thing with Enneagram and same thing we see in our churches where mm. our culture is kind of taking over Christian culture. Like we have a Christian culture yeah. that's not even Christian anymore. And so I feel like just like my wife, just like uh, what we're seeing now, just like the pastor who took Marcia aside and said, hey, like this is what the scripture says. I think we need to be bold and use scripture yeah, and stand up for truth, mm-hmm. even though it's scary, even though it's overwhelming. Even though we're going to be hated, rejected, probably canceled, um, I think uh, it's the same thing with this topic. Yeah, and and like I told her, like it, it makes me nervous a little bit talking about some of this stuff, but I think it's very important. And so mm-hmm. we hope this was very yeah. uh, beneficial for you, and we hope some of this information last weekend, this week, just maybe sheds light on horoscopes and all those kind of things, astrology, and we just give you a warning again. Uh, to just run, to flee from these things, to cling to Christ. I love how she said it's not about personality, it's about character. Yeah. And so we don't have to dive in to try to learn about our personalities. Just cling close to Christ. Let him develop your character. Go through sanctification and look like him more and more every day. Mm -hmm. And that's all we need to focus on. And so uh, we hope this was uh, a blessing to you. I'm sure we'll get some feedback uh, so that's why we hesitate. We love feedback. We hesitate on the comment below and let us know what you think. Because, no, no, comment. No, comment. comment. Please, actually comment. Go. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we hope you enjoyed that. Have such a great week. We'll see you next Monday as we continue our series on spiritual things. Uh, so happy Monday. See you next Monday. Ciao. Is that okay?
Oh, I'm not allowed to quote Lightning McQueen. Has he done some offensive things too? <laughs> <laughs>